Uh, take your Bibles, please, and turn with me in the Old Testament today. Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. As you're looking for Nehemiah, uh, I just want you to remember this prayer request that came in. Uh, Fran Schillig uh, has pneumonia. I didn't know that, Joe. Uh, your dad has pneumonia, uh, congestive heart failure. Uh, was in the hospital on Friday. Uh, is he home now? Yes. He's home now. And we need to remember him. Uh, Gary Skinner as well. Uh, you see they're not with us uh, today. And Gary is, has a, just a, a really huge uh, kidney stone that needs to be taken care of. And uh, just keep, keep these men in prayer. These are good brothers in the Lord. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse number 10. Um, let, let's, let's, let's pray and then we're going to read. Heavenly Father, we are grateful today for your love. And we just thank you that you have given us the word of God to know how to live. Your word says that we need to pray for those that are sick. And we had a good time of prayer around these altars, and we believe you're working. But Lord, we lift up our brother Fran to you. We lift up Gary to you. And God, we're just asking you to help these men, that you would restore their health and restore their strength for your honor and glory. And Lord, we now, as we look into your word, we just pray that we would hear clearly what you have to say to us. And Lord, change us. Don't let us go home the same way we've come. And Lord, for this we thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. I want to read one verse today that's been on my heart for about three or four weeks for today. So if you just happen to pop in today, this is for you. This is for all of us. Uh, God put this on, on me for this particular day for some odd reason. Here we go in verse number 10. Nehemiah said to the people, we'll, we'll give you the context later. But Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is sacred to our Lord. Do not grieve, comma, get the end of this, help me with it. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. 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 I could just say that for 20 times and dismiss you, okay? I'm not going to. Um, don't you just love being around a grumpy Christian? You just want to spend time with a grump, don't you? A grumpy Christian, uh, we were with our, our grandkids this weekend, uh, uh, Friday and Saturday, and uh, they were, Carter said, Grandpa, do you know what an oxymoron is? And I said, you mean like jumbo shrimp? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he started naming these oxymorons, you know, jumbo shrimp, uh, um, plastic glass, um, congressional budget cuts. How about, how, how about grumpy Christian? Ooh, grumpy Christian. Carter, grandson, had a birthday this week, and he was so excited because he turned 10. And Wednesday morning, he called me and said, Grandpa, um, I'm taking cookies and brownies into my class for, for my birthday. But he said, there's another boy in our class has a birthday today, and he's taking Skittles, okay? So he said, but I'm excited because I'm older. I was born at 6 o'clock in the morning, and he wasn't born till 11 o'clock at night, okay? When is the last time you were happy about your birthday? As we talk about joy today, a joyful life, we need to define joy. 
when we talk about joy, we're not to confuse it with happiness, you know, a birthday, a celebration. Happiness is circumstantial. Happiness is based on what's going on in my world right now, while joy is based deep inside my spirit on my relationship with God Almighty. That's what we're going to be looking at. So happiness and joy come from two different sources. Happiness is based on what is going on around us, and that's a good thing because we all have a lot of good going on around us, do we not? Come on, let's not, be, let's not be grumpy all the time and think everything's bad. It's not all bad. There's a lot of good happening in our world, and we should be happy with it and be very, very thankful for it. But joy is based on our relationship with God. The interesting thing about joy is this, that we can have joy while we're crying because we know that God is going to work out everything for our good. You can have joy and tears at the same time, but you can't have uh, happiness in tears. But you can have joy because joy is based on relationship. See, there's happiness when the Indians win a game in the World Series. True joy is when the Browns win any game. And I'm still waiting to walk in joy. The, 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 the Jets beware. Today's the day. See, if the Indians win, we're happy. If the Indians lose, we're not happy. If I get a raise at work, I'm happy. If I go home and check the mail and my electric bill is too high, I'm not happy. Happiness fluctuates like the weather. It's just up and down. It could change at any moment. And the best that the lost world has to offer us is happiness. But joy is a stable that is unaffected by our circumstances. We have joy because we know that God is still on the throne. And nothing will ever change that. We go through trials and God never changes. We saw Wednesday night that Jesus Christ is the same, help me, yesterday, today, and forever. And because he never changes, when my circumstances change, I can still have joy because I place my trust in God, not in what's going on. So when it seems there's nothing to be happy about, we have joy based on our relationship with God. We do have times of sorrow. The Bible says weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning, which means that sorrow is temporary. Okay, listen to me. Tears are temporary. Hard times are temporary. They last for a while, but joy's going to come in. And we have to understand this, and no matter what we're going through, if it's a difficult time, and I'm not saying you should never have a heavy heart, but when we have a heavy heart, we have to realize that joy is with us. Joy is coming. This thing shall pass, and we're going to move on in God. So let's talk about some joy suckers for a moment. You know those things in our life that just suck the joy right out of us? You can name some, can't you? I want to talk about, I'm not talking about people today. I'm talking about, I'm talking about sin. If we walk around with sin, knowing sin in our life, we're not going to have the joy of the Lord. Think about King David for a while. And we see it in Samuel, and then we see the result of this in Psalm 51. When David committed adultery... 
when David committed murder, when he was living in sin, knowing willful sin, he had no joy. The joy of the Lord left him. You cannot live in sin and have joy at the same time. Think about it for a moment. If joy comes based on our relationship with God, and then we're making decisions to hinder that relationship with God, how should we expect to walk in the fruit of that relationship if I'm not walking in the right relationship? I sure hope you got that, because I would hate to try to repeat that. Sin. But the one that I really want to talk about on the joy sucker is this, the spirit of heaviness. There's a spirit of heaviness, and this is huge. And Satan loves, Satan loves to use this tactic to discourage us through uh, the bumps of life. And folks, we all have bumps, don't we? We all have scars. We all have problems. We all have pain. Every one of us, if we look at our bodies, we have scars. Man, I, I can, you don't want to see my scars. We have scars. But emotionally, we all have scars. We all go through hurts. We all go through pain. And if we're not careful, those hurts are going to define who we are rather than the joy of the Lord that's inside of us. So due to the general stress of life, Satan wants to cause us to worry, to have anxiety, to have fear, to have heaviness. It's like a fog that just kind of hangs over us. It's like in the Peanuts cartoon, Pigpen. Everywhere we walk, there was just a cloud of dust. And it seems like everywhere you walk, there's just a heaviness. I'm just heavy. I'm just heavy. I'm just heavy. I'm going through stuff. And Satan is going to use that to try to rob the joy and take it right out of your spirit so you walk around like you're in the dumps all the time. Wow, that is awful. I want to say about that fog for a moment that Jesus Christ is the sun, the S-O-N, that's going to come and shine and just raise that fog off your heart. And that's what God wants to do for you today if you've been down in the dumps. So be careful what voice you listen to. See, we can get used to the heaviness, and we can think the heaviness is normal. We're heavy at home. We're heavy at work. We're heavy at school. People talk to you, how you doing? Oh, boy, you don't want to know. You're right, we don't want to know. And then a not-so-nice person will come to us and try to befriend us. And because they're our friend, and we don't have any other friends because everybody hates us, we begin to spend time with them and act like them, and all of a sudden, instead of the, the love of Jesus influencing them, they begin to influence us. And it's all because we're listening to the wrong voices. The spirit of heaviness. And we walk around in defeat, and we walk around, we're weak, and we say, that's just the way life is. I want to say to you today, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's not just the way life is. In Isaiah 61.3, the Word of God gives us a, a weapon to fight the spirit of heaviness. And the Bible says about Jesus, this prophetic, that He gives us a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. And when we're going through a heaviness, a heavy time, folks, we're going to go through tears, moments of tears, but it shouldn't last for years. You know what I'm saying? We need to rise up above this in the name of Jesus. And the, and the spirit of heaviness is like this. I looked up, what does heaviness mean? Garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. It's like some of you, one of you would take me, tie me up, throw me on the ground, get a great big boulder, 
put it between my shoulder blades and just let that thing be heavy upon me. Now, it doesn't kill me quickly because Satan doesn't do that. He wants to rob us of joy slowly. So it just presses, this boulder presses and presses and presses and presses to the point we can't hardly breathe anymore. And some of us, we can't hardly breathe anymore because we're supposed to be walking in joy and we're walking with the spirit of heaviness. It's time to stop that. It's time to fight that because of the power of Jesus Christ. Jesus comes and he raises the boulder and he unties our hands. He stands us up and says, come on, man, you can do this. Eeyore. Poor me. Why me? Nobody understands. Nobody likes me. I have no friends. Have you ever said that, thought that? Spirit of heaviness. That's the devil trying to rob you of the joy that God has promised. Don't let it happen. Don't let it happen. So here's what Jesus does. He takes that rock off us. He stands us up. He ties our hands. He throws us a garment of praise. And he says, hey, Dan, try that on for a while. And I look at the garment and said, no, I enjoy being miserable. There are people that enjoy being miserable. I dare you to ask me how I'm doing because I'm going to tell you I'm miserable. And I'm going to tell you how bad my life is. I'm going to tell you how bad people are treating me. There's people like that. You know that. And they call themselves a Christian. Christians, stop it. We need to be real. But here's the reality. God has given us a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. And yes, we go through some difficult times. But it's time to rise up and say, no more. I'm going to trust God in this situation. Man, I wish I was out there listening to this because this is really good stuff. We have a choice. We are to be the victor in life, not the victim. Let me ask you a question. Here's a question. Would you like to live with you? That's a great question. I mean, think about how you've been acting the last two weeks. Would you like to live with you? And if you wouldn't like to live with somebody like you, then why don't you do something about it and say, you know what? Jesus has provided me a garment of praise. I'm going to put that bad boy on, and I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. I'm tired of the way I am. Wow. Guys, if you take this, if you take this, your spouse is really going to be thankful. The people you live with are going to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, boy. There's a fruit of joy, a fruit of joy that God gives us. See, to grow fruit, you have to have the right elements. Um, growing up, we had grapevines behind our house. Grapes, 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 grapes. And you had to plant them. You had to weed them. You had to build the wood that the vines crawl up on. You had to prune them. And there's a lot of work, but let me just tell you, the grape jam was unbelievable. My mother, was, she was... She was Oh, wow. I never went to the grapevine expecting to find peaches. I love peaches. But with the wisdom that I have, I figured out if I want peaches, I need to go to a peach tree. If I want grapes, I go where the grapevine is. If I want tomatoes, I, 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 you know, I try to grow them. Man, they, were, they were just not good this year. I don't know. Here's the point. If you want 
to get what you want, you have to plant the right seed. Before we accepted the Lord as Savior, we planted some seed in our heart, did we not? We planted the seed of pride. We planted the seed of lust. We planted the seed of rebellion. Man, we took care of it and we cultivated it and we weeded it. And I'm telling you what, as far as sinners go, we were a good one. Because we could really sin, couldn't we? Because we planted those seed. But here's what happened. We gave our life to the Lord Jesus Christ, correct? We gave our life to Jesus, correct? Man, I'm glad three of you are saved today. And, and, and here's what Jesus did, according to Galatians 5, 22 and 23. He took our heart and he took the, the root of that nastiness out and he began to plant seed inside of our hearts. And, and it's the fruit of the Spirit. He began to plant love. He began to plant, it says right here, Galatians 5.22, began to plant joy. He began to plant peace. He began to plant things that would reflect him. Jesus said, I'm going to get what I, what I want, so I'm going to plant the right seed. So out of Dan's life, I can see me being reflected. I can see an example of Jesus inside of him. So inside of Dan, I'm going to put love, and I'm going to put joy, and I'm going to put peace, and I'm going to put patience and gentleness and kindness. And you guys know the, the fruit of the Spirit. These things Jesus planted inside of us so that our life would reflect him. So let me ask you a question. Are you reflecting the life of Jesus through your life? Wow, that is a very good thing. Romans 14, 17 says the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. We say the kingdom of God is present. We say that Jesus is with us. And if that's the case, if that's really the truth, and I believe it is with us, then that means that inside of our heart we are to grow the fruit of righteousness and peace and joy, it should be inside of us. Wow. Pastor Dan, does that mean I can't ever have a bad day? Come on, some of us have had a bad year. And it's time we get over it. In the name of Jesus. You know, we could always find something negative in life. If we begin to feel discouraged, here's what we do. We go into the fruit garden, and I say, man, I have a spirit of heaviness. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick a fruit of joy, and I'm going to take it, and I'm going to put it back inside my spirit, and I'm going to get out of that heavy heart, that heaviness, and I'm going to begin to reflect the life of Jesus because he planted the seed of joy inside of me. Awesome. See, the joy in our heart needs to be restored, folks. We've had joy in the past, and somehow, for whatever reason, be it sin or the spirit of heaviness, we don't have the joy anymore. And David said, after he did all these terrible sins and the joy left him, he said in Psalm 51, verse 12, he said to God, he prayed, God, restore, restore, restore. In other words, take me back to where I was. Restore, let me come back to my, my proper relationship. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. He knew that sin caused him not to have joy anymore. He knew the hardships of life caused him not to have joy anymore. So he said, God, would you restore my joy? And here's the prayer that we need to pray today. If we do not have the joy of the Lord, it's okay to say, God, would you restore the joy? Because God wants to do that. And how does he do that? In Psalm 16, verse 11, here's what David said. You will fill me with joy in your presence. 
In other words, if you want to know where joy is, joy is found in the very presence of God. And if we come into God's presence and we just get alone with Him and we seek His face and we pray, we get into His Word, we begin to sing praises, here's what's going to happen. Joy is going to come into your heart and you're going to be filled up again. And that's what God wants and what God expects of us. So make sure, make sure things are well between you and the Savior. And then you begin to ask and you begin to expect, Lord, I need joy again. I need joy again. I need joy again. And the reason, folks, because there's power of joy. There's power in joy. We read it in, in our text this morning in Nehemiah 8.10. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In the context, it was amazing. Nehemiah went to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. For, for many, 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 many years, the walls were torn down. The temple was torn down. No one, the children of God, children of Israel had no word of God. And all of a sudden, as they're digging through the rubble, someone said, hey, I found the scroll. I found the Torah. I found, I found the word of God. So Ezra, the priest, he gathered everybody together. And how would you like to have a church service like this? He gathered them together. They all stood. He stood and read the word of God for five to six hours. And they're all standing there hearing the word of God. And when they heard the word of God, they were reminded of their sin. They were reminded that they weren't close to God as they used to be. They were reminded that they didn't have the sacrifices to cover their, their sin in their life. And they begin to weep. They begin to weep. They begin to weep because they realize they were far from God and there was a distance between them. And they begin to mourn and they begin just to have a heavy heart. And after they wept and wept and cried and sought God and, and everything was awesome, there was a moment where Nehemiah said, okay, that's it, no more. You've cried, you've mourned, you sought the Lord. Now it's time to rejoice in the God of your salvation. Folks, it's one thing to mourn over your sin, but it's something else to rejoice in God who forgives you of your sins. And that's what they were doing at this point. They begin to rejoice for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And you know that's true because, because when your joy is gone, you're grumpy. Man, that didn't go over very well, but you know what? When my joy's gone, I'm grumpy too. I think I said this on a Wednesday night. Did you wake up grumpy? No, I let her sleep in. <laughs> Sorry, I, every time I hear that word grumpy, I just think of that. Um, when your joy is gone, you begin to slouch. Your head is down. And, and, and like it or not, believe it or not, when, when, you, when your head is down like this, you're just dying for somebody to come and say, how you doing? Come on. The joy of the Lord. 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 When your joy is gone, you're more negative. When the joy of the Lord is gone, you major on minors. When the joy is gone, you begin to focus on all the little things that irritate you instead of all the goodness of God. It just happens. But when you walk in the joy of the Lord, you feel alive. You can take on the world, bring it on, okay? You will not be defeated. You know, secular, secularly, is there such a word? Marcia was watching a baseball game yesterday with me because she's a wonderful wife. And she said, Dan, look at the difference in the Indians' dugout and the Cubs' dugout. The Indians' dugout, they're high-fiving, they're slapping, all this kind of stuff, and the, the, the Cubs are just, you know. 
There it is. I said, man, what a great example of grumpy Christians. Those that are defeated and those that are trusting God. What a difference. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So folks, when you lose your joy, you lose your strength. And when you lose your strength, you lose the victory. The Bible is true. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And we need to get our joy back. So joy defeats fear. It defeats worry. It defeats unworthiness. And this is why Paul said in Philippians 4, verse 4, he wrote this while he was in prison. He said this. I was going to ask, how many of you have been in prison? I don't want to know. Okay. But while he was in prison, he wrote this. Rejoice in the Lord. Help me. Always. And again, I say rejoice. What's that word, that prefix re? That means you used to have joy. You don't have it anymore. So you better get it back. So you had joy. You don't have joy. Rejoice. Get your joy back. And we rejoice in the Lord. Not in our circumstances. Not try to be in control. But I just rejoice in the Lord because my name's in the book of life. And Jesus is my Savior. And I'm going to walk in victory. So important. Paul said, if you rejoice in the Lord, then the peace of God, peace, that surpasses all understanding. You know, we go through hard times, do we not? And people are going to look at you and they're going to say, how in the world are you doing so well? well I'll tell you how. Because I love God and I rejoice in God and I trust God and His peace then begins to fill my life. And the Bible says, Paul said it to finish that verse, the peace of God will guard your heart and guard your mind in Christ Jesus. When I learn and I choose to rejoice. How, Pastor Dan, how do you get your joy? Well, I'm married to a very wonderful woman, first of all. But Psalm 95.1, David says, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Sing for joy. Folks, we've got to sing. We've got to rejoice. When you're in the car going down the road, sing like nobody's listening. Sing for joy. Walk around the house. Put on some praise. Put on music. I went over to Marsha's parents' house, uh, and there was just this little, little noise. I said, what in the world? They got, they got music going on, and they're really not at that moment paying attention, but they were just filling their home with the things of God. That's how you do it. Do you remember the song? Rejoice in the Lord always again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always again, I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice again, I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice again, I say rejoice. How many of you, of you have never heard that before? Oh, seriously. Are you serious? Marsha, come up here. Come up. We're going to do a round. We're going to do a round. Because, because I'm, 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 going to, I'm going to start with you two, guys, you two sections. And you guys better sing. Don't make me do a solo up here. And then at the, just the right time, Marsha's going to lead you two, your two sections. And this is going to be beautiful. It's going to be a beautiful sound. How many of you think this is going to be beautiful? All right. 
Rejoice in the Lord always again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always again, I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice again, I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice again, I say rejoice. <laughs> they blew it. They blew it. Hey, I think we won over here. That's what I think. Yeah. All right. So I go around the house singing that. Pastor Dan, that's an old song. And then, and then out, of, out of Isaiah 61. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your voice to God. Oh, help me. Praise with the spirit and with understanding. Oh, magnify the Lord. How many of you never heard that song? Wow. How about, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart to stay. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. And I'm so happy. So very happy, I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. You guys are awesome. Okay. And this morning, I heard my father-in-law leading his class into a classic. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. <laughs> awesome. What is, the, what is the maybe the most important phrase in that song? I will rejoice. I will. It's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. I will rejoice. Hey, we could go on for a while singing these old songs, okay? Um, <laughs> bring them on. I'm trading my sorrows. No, I could do that. Okay. Where's the handbook? Okay, folks. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And I'm going to ask you to do something really maybe a little difficult. But we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And if you've been going through some difficult things recently, and you just have a heaviness over you like pig pins cloud, and you just can't seem to get over this thing, I want you to come, and we're going to pray for you right now. Come on, come on. Out of your seats and get up here. We're going to pray for you right now. Yeah, the joy of the Lord. 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 
Hope. Is the word of God true or not? Yeah. And the Bible says that we can, we can have the joy of the Lord. We can cry and have joy at the same time. It's based on relationship. And I just want to pray that God's going to restore the joy. You've been listening to a sermon from Louisville First Assembly. For more information, visit www.firstagonline.com. That's www.firstagonline.com.